Greek ranch, bro. <laughs> You're not wrong. What is up? What is happening? Welcome back to another episode of the Yank Shaft F1 podcast, a group of American dudes who like watching other dudes drive really fast. Joining me as always from the nation's capital, Johnny Gomes. What up, everybody? And from an undisclosed location in the Midwest, we've got Ian. What's up, squad? How we doing? You know, we got the gang back together uh, two weeks in a row now, back on a, back on a nice schedule. After, uh, you know, we're, we went back to back, just like Formula One after this uh, this race in, in Monaco. Initial impressions from from what was, you know, a more interesting race in Monaco than we're used to. Johnny, you want to go first on this one? Uh, yeah, let's, um, um, so, better race than, than Monaco usually turns out to be um, this past weekend. But, you know, from my point of view, I can totally see why there's rumors around this possibly being the last race. <laughs> at Monaco. Um, you know, it was cool to see uh, Checo get his redemption after what went down the the prior mm-hmm. race with him and Max, but, you know, the, the circumstances in which it happened, it just kind of felt like empty calories watching him uh, up there spraying champagne, to me at least. I think, I think the thing with Monaco is I understand that you can't pass it's too narrow. The track was made and the cars were a heck of a lot smaller, but I do like it. And I would be obviously very sad if they got rid of it. I know it's not the best race. Um, it's, it's very like, I watch that, you know, however near three hours of that race and we got maybe of quote unquote action. I mean, maybe five minutes or so, but I don't know. I, I liked it. It's, it's not a, it's not a race. It's not, if you go, if you, if you expect lots of passing at Monaco, you're not going to get it. That's a pit stop race. It's a strategy race. It's a qualifying race. Yep. Um, so it's just different and it's unique. And it's kind of those things where you just kind of have to do it. Yeah. And it, I mean, it is a pit stop race. It is a strategy race and it indeed turned into a pit stop race and a strategy race. And that's where most of the action came from. Like, I don't know. I was wrestling like you know Pierre Gasly when he went on the intermediates early. That was that was fun. Um, I've kind of been wrestling with this because it was like, oh, once everyone settled in, it kind of stunk. But there was still a chance that Carlos was gonna like pull a dive bomb yeah. on Checo late. And like looking back to like even just the last two three seasons, there's a lot of races where like the leaders twenty seconds ahead. Yeah, and there's not really a chance. So, like the fact that we had four cars within a second and a half of each other, like all bunched yeah. up there, it, it was actually good. Like I know that it's Monaco, and I know they're not going to actually change positions. And the fact that they yeah. didn't obviously stinks, but the the possibility was there at least. So I, I kind of had to like take my Monaco blinders off for a bit to and realize that it it was it actually wasn't bad. Yeah, there was a really cool shot there where there was like a Red Bull, a Ferrari, Red Bull, Ferrari going around that. Fairmont hairpin and they're yeah. all like nose to tail. Yeah. So right yeah, it's definitely, yeah. So that was, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely more action than we're, than we're used to at Monaco. Um, obviously a lot of that had to do with the weather and, you know, we'll get into all the drama of the Red Bull pit stop or the Ferrari pit stops, Red Bull pit stops, all of that stuff um, later on. But I wanted to start where the race started or didn't start with this extended weather delay. Um, there are rumors floating around, um, on the interwebs that there was a power outage caused by that storm that was rolling in and they didn't have power for the lights. 
like that start the race. It has not been officially confirmed by the FAA, but a lot of people on the ground have said that that was the case. If to which I say, if that's the case, just tell us that. Just just tell us because we've got Crofty on the broadcast just like railing the FIA for 30 minutes about how they need to, you know, the, the, just let them race. Like we need to do something. Did you guys have a problem with how long they waited to start this race? Because it seemed like it was pretty clear that it was safe to go about 20 minutes before. Yeah, no, Chris, I think you're I think you're on to something there. With There was definitely more than what they were letting on because it was like, why are we not why are we not starting here? And I get that there was. There was more to maybe there was bad weather in the area, but it was just it was really bizarre how it was like this is not raining and we didn't even have any update. I know that they don't really give updates. It's like to have everybody run to their cars, great excitement or whatever. But there being another issue of okay, maybe the lights are went out, but it's also like what is nobody in the richest country in Europe have a yeah. generator? Like what is going on? With yeah, this? dude. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like. Okay, that's where I was like, gonna go. With maybe, it. maybe that, maybe that's what it is. But it's like you can't tell me they've got no backup plan or that this has never happened before. I, I yeah. they kept bringing up like, um, what is it, Belgium of last year, Spa? But yeah, yeah. They didn't, didn't want, they didn't want to start. They didn't want to start it and then have it have to finish, you know, under a safety car and something like that. Which I get. Like that's that sucks. It was a whole scandal of trying to yeah. fans, trying to get their money back, but. I don't know. It, I, I would rather just know what the deal is because this can't yeah. be good. Like maybe they think it is, but this can't be good PR for them to just have people con- like everyone on Twitter and, and on the broad, the global broadcast is sitting here screaming. Like, what are we doing? Why aren't we starting the race? That if especially that's race, the alternative, especially in a race like Monica, where you get a lot of, I feel like you get a lot of people that are cat are like, you know, no, I was just like very casual Formula One fans. We'll kind of check in and watch Monica, or maybe we'll catch a few laps here. Just kind of watch, see yeah, lots of cars going around. What's going on? Yeah. So there's the fact, that, and the fact that you couldn't get that going is not. It's not good. Yeah, especially for an organization like Formula One, um, where they seem to have mastered like the logistics of this whole. Like you can transport the entire story across an ocean in two days and race in another continent the next week, but you can't get lights. But they don't have the protocol to, you know, backup batteries or a generator or whatever (laughs) the hell, you know, it's, it it was all definitely weird to watch, especially with like passionate racing fans lining the streets in Monaco and ponchos getting (laughs) poured on, you know, waiting for some racing. I mean, it's uh, definitely weird to watch. yeah, I feel, I feel I feel like it's honestly though kind of part of the course with Formula One because Formula One is a sport where it's like there is so much just over complicated, just insane, crazy, minute things where these cars can you know they cutting seconds off time and doing all these things to get these cars as fast as possible, and then they have these amazing tracks and they go all over the world. It's like when everything, but if they have any any issue at all. They just freak out and they have no idea how to deal with any issue, whether that be with a car, whether that be with the tires, whether that be with the race starting on time. It's just like they just have no idea or any type of issue on the track. They they just they they don't know how to solve anything. It's honestly yeah. kind of funny because they've got a so, new, new president. They're so smart and so in their own heads that they like anything that just it just does not compute if something just isn't if the square peg doesn't fit in the square hole or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Some that's close Some enough to the close enough hole, to the phrase, certainly. It, I don't yeah. know. I I heard it brought up of like like it's a common thing among Formula One fans of like, why do we have wet tires if you're not gonna like ever no. run in the wet? Like yeah. I get it. Like I'm all for like driver safety. It's just you know 
what it was if if that is indeed what was holding them up from starting that race like yeah there was a good 20 minutes they cut off of that where it could have been spicy where the track was really like just starting to dry out slowly and i think it would have been more interesting than than the alternative that they that they chose i promise this is not going to be the end of my uh my fia um rants throughout this episode (laughs) but that's that's all i've got for for the the race start at least any other points from you guys? No, just not necessarily annoying and a little frustrated. Yeah. yeah annoying, a little frustrated. That per- perfect. Perfectly put by Ian. So we finally eventually start the rate about a race about an hour and 15 minutes late. Um, fairly processional. Leclerc gets out to a pretty decent lead. And then a few laps in Pierre Gasly pits for intermediates passes a whole mess of people which at monaco does not normally have and passes ricardo passed yeah, before the hairpin like it was awesome it was awesome to see so red bull jumps in they pit for intermediates ferrari jumps on pits leclerc for intermediates he loses a place um and then that's kind of where the race really started because two laps after that everyone pitted again to go to dry tires and that is where Ferrari dropped the ball. Does anyone have a a, a rant prepared for this? No, Ian? it's just it's just so like I, I feel so sick because I really I do like Charles Leclerc, um, but God, it's just so so funny to watch Ferrari mess up. <laughs> like it's just so I don't know what it is about Ferrari particularly. But any other team, I would just love to just roast. Like Red Bull did this, McLaren, you know, Tari, whoever. But something about it being Ferrari, it's almost just like, oh, yeah, that that make If you're like one team just completely screwed their driver because of a terrible pit stop, and they were like, yeah, it's Ferrari. Like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So honestly, we've like, we've I, already honestly, got like all the memes for like Ferrari's pit wall being clowns. They're already made. No one has those memes ready to go for other teams, you know? No, and there's a reason for it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They can't stay like, out of their own way. They cannot yeah. stay out of their own way. And it's it, it really does. Like, it's unfortunate for Charles because I, I wanted him to win. Um, and then even Signs, I would have been cool with. I mean, he got had, – had Signs I get stuck behind Latifi on an outlap, maybe he comes out in front of Checo. And then maybe Science wins in Monaco. I don't know. I mean, there's a very good chance that could have been his, yeah. his first that race. Wouldn't happen. We were very close. I mean, seconds for having. I mean, Latifi shot being relevant again. Yeah, um, <laughs> the most interesting. We were so close that happened. Relevant. And could you imagine how spicy that would have been if Carlos Sainz would have won that race because of Ferrari's pit errors and basically stole it from yeah. from uh, Leclerc and give it a second? It's more no, humiliating for them and, to not win at all, though. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure, and and they needed that win. Like this come that like this blunder comes at the worst possible time for them after what happened in Barcelona. Verstappen and Red Bull are on a roll. Um, Mercedes has looked better as of late, and and these guys <laughs> dropped the ball so hard. Leclerc loses a win because yeah. his engine breaks last week, and then he yeah. goes to his home Grand Prix, and you. you you know, it was like Leclerc's curse at Monaco, but like this, this was just them. It was it, they shot and themselves in the foot. For him, it's got to suck because I mean, like last year, he, he put himself into the barriers, and like you know, yeah. <laughs> this year it's it was completely out of his control. I mean, I mean, it's, it's yeah, you hate to see that unfold like that. Yeah, last year he pushed he he pushed a little too hard and 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 robbed himself of what could have been a win at his home Grand Prix. This year, 
he kind of did everything perfectly. And Ferrari ripped him of a potential win at his home Grand Prix. It's just that's just sad. I I I really feel for the guy. I do I do too, but it is kind of funny. Like it's it's kind of funny. It it is objectively that, funny, but you know. Um uh they had a uh that one engine related DNF at Imola, right? So um Ferrari? Yeah. Uh, was that signs? Cause that was the one where Ferrari or where, uh, they pitted Leclerc trying to get fastest lap and then he, and then he crashed and finished sixth. Right. So they're walking on eggshells. So, <laughs> another, so they're walking on eggshells. Strategy calls, now that yeah. I about it. <laughs> they're walking on eggshells the rest of the season. They really can't afford to be pulling off. Stuff We've been like talking this. like, like for weeks now, like even like back, like what the week that Johnny was out, like Ian was mentioning, like that it just kind of feels like things are starting to slip away from Ferrari here. And also got to give a shout out to Red Bull that like every race, even if they don't have the fastest car, they seem to, they seem to have the best strategy. They seem to have just the best yeah. plan. They, they don't, they haven't been making mistakes. Sure. They had their engine troubles and stuff early in the year, but they just seem a step ahead of Ferrari in terms of fighting for a title as a team. Also, they have two amazing drivers. Like yeah. their drivers are just better. Um, I mean, I'm, had, not, like, I'm not convinced about that. I think, I think, they're they're pretty even, but sorry. No, I, I think the the Red Bull drivers are much better. Um, here's here's something. What happens if um, if basically Checo isn't ordered to give up that position at in Barcelona? In Barcelona, you want to know what you want to know what happens? Would, you want to know what happens? No, no, no. Oh, he's he, one point behind Max Verstappen. Yeah. If he wins and Max finishes yeah. second, he would be one point behind Max Verstappen because he's yeah he is now that, fifteen back. Now that would be something. That's what it's like. Tired Red Bull versus Ferrari. Wired Red Bull versus Red Bull. It's like man versus man, man versus nature. We're getting a lot of literary references today. It's okay, um, but I'm here for that battle, and I want like give me Checo rolling off some more wins because him being one point behind Verstappen, yeah. and then being like, actually, you know what, guys, I'm not getting out of his. I'm not getting out. Of, I'm not. I'm not getting out of his way. I want this world championship now. Let's go. Like, here we are. Like, and he, yeah, he I, really did. I think, that uh, I think Max's dad would have something to say about that. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. Oh, we'll Yas get to that. the boss would be <laughs> coming, cracking skulls. We will get to that. It just, I, I don't know. It was a, a, a very deserved win for Checo, especially after what happened to him last week. It was just, you know, there's a, a lot of, a lot of problems with the race. Very sad as a Leclerc fan myself to, to see what went down, but, Boy, if that's gonna happen, Checo's the guy I want winning that winning that race. Obviously, you know I'd like a Pierre Gasly or you know Daniel Ricciardo, but realistically, yeah. if a Red Bull's winning because of Ferrari's errors, I want it to be Checo. And and boy, right. do he deserve that. And people have just forgotten he's he's 15 points back. He is in this title fight. Discussion I want to have though: Is he ever really gonna be in this title fight? Will like will they ever? really let them battle he's 15 points back he's technically in it it's going to take a string of like three straight dnfs for max for them to ever start seriously considering pushing him forward as the guy right no it's not he he he's in it but it's it's uh you're saying no he's not he's not really really in the fight yeah he he's like whenever um He's like a college football team where it's like, okay, we started out three and zero, and we beat you know 
Beavis State, Dingus Tech, and Mary School of the Blind, and we're three and zero and ranked twenty fifth. It's a very Mary's not School of the Blind Southwest, you know. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's got to like, be directional. We're not like it's. It looks good and it looks promising, but no, he's not in the title fight. It's gonna take. Yeah. It's gonna take Ferrari massively screwing up and Verstappen having multiple multiple DNS for them to put Checo for them to like prior even to even to consider prioritizing. That's what I think is the issue. Yeah. I think I think Carlo or Checo Perez could score more points than Carlos signs throughout the rest of the year. I think that's possible. I just I think, think that Red Bull's strategy is, is going to lead happen. to. Yeah, but but yeah. It, it, Max is always going to get priority, and Checo exactly. being on alternate strategies, I think mm-hmm. likely Leclerc ends up outscoring Checo from here on out, just yeah. because Checo is going to be the guy yeah. that has to be put on weird strategies to try. For to sure, get I think they'll be. I think they'll be closer than you think, but y'all buy that. Yeah, and that that yeah. sucks though because Checo, like, if, if it were up to him, like, he's fully capable. He has all the talent in the world. Like, he could go out and win this thing, but. But Red Bull are just never going to back him. He's he's yeah. he's the number two, and as a fan, that that really yeah yeah. And I I think I read somewhere that he was overheard talking to Christian Horner about contract negotiations before the race. Oh, so a, he's clearly it's official now. I mean yeah yeah. He's, so he's extended so he's content. So he's content at Red Bull and. And just as a fan, I hope to see him um, number one on the podium more often because that Mexican national anthem slaps. And, oh uh, man! You know, so, oh. so, so and if we especially could, you know, from the, the Monegasque <laughs> band, you know, yeah, dude. and the, the the waterworks from Checo yeah. and the fly that was, was that was awesome. Oh. Um, speaking of number two drivers who are making a push, is Who's George Russell is <laughs> is George Russell the number one at Mercedes now? Um. Man, it's it's. I think that's like the hardest question for me to because answer. Because right I've, I've been asking it. Is. I've been asking it for weeks. Okay, we've been yeah. on top of this issue, but it's just the the points certainly suggest it. I believe Toto had a quote this week that said like like the tide will turn for Lewis or something to that effect. Like not that maybe not the tide will turn, but some metaphor that things will flip in Lewis's favor. And I think that's kind of how it's going to be. I think I think for the rest of the year. We're going to see Lewis being being better than he has, and we're going to see George Russell maybe not have quite as good luck. Like he's finished top five every race. There are two or three where that was very very lucky. A couple of DNFs benefited. Um, I think it's just been some some setup luck, some some race luck, some qualifying luck. Everything just kind of you know. I don't think he's been performing that much better than Lewis. I think it's just it happens to look that way through you know however many races we've had six or seven. And yeah. I, th- I think it's going to even out. Um, yeah. If we get to like the 10 race mark and he still has a massive lead over Lewis, then yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether Lewis is, is content to just, you know, I came back for this. I came back to play gunner for wingman for George. I, I like to think that he's a good enough guy that he could, you know, get on board with it, but it's, it's an interesting yeah, question. So. No. We're definitely seeing the changing of the guard from, Lewis to George it's it's happening in real time the week in week out um little by little I brought but, it up preseason well, just saying. yeah but um but yeah I agree there it's uh you know it's this it's Lewis's team for now um but but I think uh progressively we'll start seeing you now maybe uh, uh towards the end of the season we can start seeing uh Russell George get some more favorable uh, race strategies over Lewis or something like that and you know slowly start to ease him in to that top dog role. Can't wait for Lewis to win. Like Russell DNFs, Lewis wins next. Uh, <laughs> <Bob>. Azerbaijan. 
and we just look like idiots. So yeah. that'll be that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he's only he's only, well, thirty four points back, so it's a, it's a decent little margin. George Russell ahead of Carlos Sainz now, though. Um, well, not now. Yeah. It's, it's been that way, but um, yeah, just uh, Sainz. You can't fault him for a P two. Um, you know, it was, it was it was a good week. And to to you know to speaking of number two drivers, Carlos Sainz, he when Red Bull or I'm sorry when Ferrari were told the drivers that they were gonna put them on inters around like lap eighteen. Carlos said, no, I'm going to stay out. And in a couple laps, we're going to go to dries. And he did that. And they listened to him. And that's why he ended up where he ended up ahead of, ahead of Leclerc. It shouldn't be their responsibility. Like the, the team has so much data and so much money and so many smart people working for them that they should not be able to botch a strategy that bad. But I will give credit where it's due to signs for uh, saying like, ah, oh, guys, maybe not like maybe we should, think about this one so Perdón, mis amigos. any other uh science thoughts no he's kind of just there this year so far yeah i want him to get a win this year though i, I would i really do he i i'm convinced that he will uh he will uh get get one eventually it's funny he's got more podiums than russell and he's one point behind him it's just <laughs> just shows that for that Ferrari, uh, Ferrari volatile. Uh, yeah, yeah. It 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 was uh it was it was funny. Something I want to bring up that um, Ferrari protested. You know that Red Bull, the Red Bulls crossed the pit lane line as they were exiting after the race. Um, and I believe Carlos Sainz's three first podiums of his career were like retroactive. They were all because of like penalties after the race. So he never got yeah. to be on the podium. <laughs> and I just thought it would have been so fitting for his first race win to also be one that he couldn't celebrate on the podium. Yeah. But you know, it, that uh, obviously, obviously did not happen for us. And also Johnny, yeah, about Checo it's as he was going up, up onto the podium, he said to Christian Horner, Oh, I, I guess I signed too soon. Too soon, you know, like implying I could have gotten more money if I had just won a race before I signed this new deal. And then the next day, they were kind of forced to uh, to release that they they had signed him on for twenty twenty four. So hopefully that you know works out for uh, works out for everybody. Um, other than that, yeah, uh, Pierre Gasly, you know, running through people on uh, on the intermediates early was was fun to watch. And then the other, I guess, the only other big talking point from from the race that I had was Fernando Alonso. <laughs> And his car that is the width of the track. That was awesome. That was that was awesome. It People was were so mad. Great. People it were was mad. So great. It was so it was the ultimate like, you know what, guys? I'm not going to catch these people, and nobody else is either, and I'm going to start a train, and good luck getting around me. I'm going to screw everyone's race. Like, that was awesome. I loved it. It was honestly a big, was, big moment for the like get rid of get Monaco off the F1 season so, fans. You know, it was just this such like a, want? it was just such a great troll job by Alonzo. Just and the the I, the shots were all over Twitter, but it's like here's the leaders, here's Lando Norris. Like, yeah, just obviously thirty seconds the track. either way, and then here's like Alonso holding up ten cars. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, those rear ends are really amplified. Uh, down there when, when we're racing <laughs> along the French Riviera. It's just these these new cars are so big, and Alonzo being the, you know, the defensive pods, wizard he is, yeah. 
no one had a chance. It was uh, it was absolutely hilarious. You know, Fernando Alonso, you know, holding everybody up like he's uh, Nicholas Latifi with a blue flag. You know, just <laughs> an, an, an incredible job. Uh, also, Albin held up Leclerc at one point with a blue flag too, and said like, "I was faster than him," so that's why it's like that's not what a blue flag is. You let the guy by. You know, yeah. he's, he says a lap ahead of you. Um, I'd like to see them crack down a little bit harder on that stuff. Um, just while while we're on it, of dude, like, what are we doing here? Like, that should that should that should be the easiest thing to crack down on. Yet they they find my boy Yuki Sonoda for uh, for speeding in the pit lane twice during the race. Fine, you know he deserves it. But like, but there's a dude holding up potential race winners with a blue blue flags and and nothing. We get we get radio silence, crickets from the FIA. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a tough decision that they don't have a direct answer for, so they have no idea how to deal with it. So yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they're 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 not prepared. There's not a system in place. Again, new president, relatively new race director, um, FIA showing showing some you know cracks in their armor. I just think it's it's unfortunate that like especially new fans are watching. Everyone knows who the FIA is. Everyone so. hates the new new fans are like these FIA guys suck. They should be in the background, yet everyone knows who they are and what they do or don't. Like it, it's become kind of a sham. Um, but that's all I got on that. If you guys are ready to get into Rockstar Wanker, um, yeah, I want to touch on Haas real quick because that looked really nasty. That I'm not sure what happened to Kevin Magnuson. He just was out of the race for some reason, and then nobody addressed it for like 40 laps. Yeah. Yeah, um, I can't even remember. You no, know, it was like a it was like a stealth operation. They just like took him out and didn't tell anybody. Um, and, then, and then Mick had that really nasty crash. Another one yeah. for him, man. That's uh, yeah. Glad he, he was is okay. costing that team a lot of money. Yeah, anytime they're, like I know it's a design thing, and you know it's designed oh, that it breaks in half, yeah. and break apart. But anytime a car yeah. splits in two, that's not good. Um, yeah, that was a, a change that was made after that Grosjean crash. Um, yeah, in yeah. In so, or not? So that, it, was a, yeah. it was a very tough. That was a tough week. Tough weekend for Haas. Um, just wanted to talk about them real quick. And yeah, that's that's. Oh, I got. Yeah, one. I might, I might um, have been saving some of my comments for the wanker of the week section. Ooh, oh. Spoiler alert. Well, but yeah, just I'll tough. I'll it's, it's tough Nick. All right. Let's get into it. We'll 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 start off with with Rockstar and then come come back around to uh, to the to the wankers. Ian, you got get some. You go first for the Rockstar this week. Okay, so I've got a few, but my number one, I am just going to give it to uh, Red Bull as a whole. I wanted to give it to just Checo. Um, I also Pierre Gasly. I thought deserved mention. Um, but Red Bull as a whole, this was a team win. And yeah, you can say that Ferrari screwed up and handed it to them, but you got to be there to execute and pick up the pieces. And I thought they, they executed significantly better than Ferrari as they have been doing consistently and got themselves a nice little fat, fat, fat sack of points there and, uh, and another race win. So I thought it would just, you know. Red Bull not screwing up like sometimes not not screwing up like deserves praise you know and in a week where it's so easy to to screw things up Johnny um so mine mine's kind of an off the wall one but um uh, my rock star of the week is uh 
Zach Brown from McLaren coming out and finally addressing the elephant in the room that is uh, Dan Ricardo's horrid run of performances for, for the team. Um, he's under contract till next year, but uh, Brown came out and said that there were uh, alterations or, or mechanisms or something. In the deal. Yeah, there are like there there are uh, what words did he use? But it was yeah, there I, are like there mechanisms are, or some some weird yeah yeah it was clauses. Yeah, it was like a veiled veiled nature. veiled comment. Um, but you know, hopefully that kind of lights a fire under Ricardo because clearly did not this week. Yeah, no, and um. Like, I mean, he's such a lovable dude. Like, uh, you, you, I hate to like all of us not go so hard on him, but like, but like, yeah, but yeah, no, that's unacceptable, no. especially given like what what uh, Norris has been doing this year, and and you know, so yeah, he got spanked by uh, Norris while he had while Norris had tonsillitis, yeah, two two <laughs> weeks in a row. You know, that's that's not a great look. No. Also, Ricardo won Daniel that Ricardo, yeah. Daniel Ricardo has 11 points on the season. Dude. He has 11. Yeah. Valtteri Bottas has 40. Lando Norris <laughs> has 48. Kevin Magnuson has 15. Esteban Ocan has 30. Daniel Ricardo has 11. Dude, it's it's bad. Like, this dude, yeah. like, I, I love Ricardo pretty much more than anybody on the grid. And this dude's going to be driving for Alfa Romeo next year. Like I'm, I'm concerned that he's, if he's lucky. Yeah, if he's lucky. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> it's an IndyCar man. We'll, we'll love it's you here. Tough, man. It's, <laughs> it's the, uh, the. That's a very good rock star of the week because yeah, no, he's got to. I mean, it's just someone had to say something. I mean, dude, like, uh, dude can't uh, get out of P3 and qualifying in McLaren right now, and that's not okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was like, yeah, on the on the bubble, and he and and. You know, that's like obviously Alexa loves Daniel Ricardo. What woman doesn't? You know, yeah. what man doesn't? What man honest, doesn't? But, yeah. <laughs> uh, men want him, women want to be him, or, you know, something like that. Um, and and he's like on the drop zone. So I'm like, oh, like Ricardo might be getting knocked out here. And then like three cars, you know, beat his yeah. timing Q3. Uh-huh. And it's like, I found myself in Monaco this week of like, I wasn't surprised by it. Like no. it's still, I was disappointed, but I wasn't surprised, and that's not a good sign. It really, we thought like that Monza win last year was gonna turn a new leaf, and but then we get the new regulations, another new car for him to try to learn, and it just, it just hasn't worked. I don't know what the answer is. Shout out him for his comments of like, you know, my my skin is tan, beautiful, and and thick, you know, in regards to <laughs> to Zach Brown's comments. Um, incredible, incredible, yeah. but. Still, um, you know the criticism is is very much deserved for uh, for Daniel Ricardo. Ian, have you given your you haven't given your rock star yet? I have not. Um, my rock star of the week. I'm actually surprised you guys didn't pick it, but you guys both had you got honorary rock star for you guys for both picking like very good rock stars. Team Red Bull. That was a great choice. Right, yeah, as well. Um, so I'm going to completely drop the ball, and my rock star <laughs> of the week was Fernando Alonso for holding up ten cars. <laughs> yeah. Someone had to someone had to screw this up. Because I feel like I've never really given it to him before. And I thought that was awesome. I thought that was so cool. I love when guys who like as much as I love passing and excitement in Formula One, something about somebody just in a car that 
obviously is not faster than the car. He's behind. the Nissan Sentra in the passing lane on the highway. They just refuses to get over. But there's a semi he's, in the middle, and he's got nowhere to go. You can't and pass. It's like it's like catalytic oh, converters missing. Ah, dang, that sucks. You just sit back here. We're gonna run medium speed laps and if you can get around I, me, I'm, I'm preserving my tires you guys but are you're not, yeah i'm gonna preserve my tires i am gonna lock in seventh place and let's ride baby so i absolutely loved fernando alonso this week he's my rock star of the week uh, incredible that there was a guy like it's pretty rare that there's a, a man who genuinely could have gone for rock star or wanker depending on your your allegiance or your just you know <laughs> How you feel about certain aspects of the sport? Hey, so, hey, he needed the points. <laughs> he needed yeah. the points. I'm not going to knock him. Yeah. Started but seventh, ended seventh, baby. We're going to snake. We're going to snake draft this because I'm going to give my wanker of the week, and I'm going to get the conversation started. We've All got right. we got two extremely obvious wankers this week. Number one, and I'm going to take. I've got four. I'm going to take. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to do a tie. I'm going to take both of them. Feel free to use them as well. Number one, clearly Ferrari. I don't know what they yep. were doing. I think they were drinking in the paddock. That was ridiculous. They screwed Leclerc. It's I would be no, they're like Leclerc's cursing, cursing and throwing stuff inside. Well, like, yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on. It'd be absolutely ridiculous. And uh, had to make a second pit stop. <laughs> yep. Sorry. I, I, I love that you had that queued up. <laughs> that was the one I was ready for. Absolutely ridiculous. So, and you guys, I'm sure, can talk about the Ferrari as well. We all know what happened. It was just, it was a joke. I'd be furious if I was a Claire. We've second, already talked about it. Yeah, go for second it. Second wanker of this, of this week is this idiot Joss Verstappen for opening his mouth again. We know this dude <laughs> sucks. He's got a bunch of domestic alleg- abuse allegations. He's a psychopath. Obviously, I don't know what he did to make Max a crazy person, but obviously he's a terrible person. Well, did you hear that he like dropped him off on the side of the road one time when he was like twelve after a karting race? The amount of therapy that Max probably needs is through the roof. Um, But basically, for saying that they Red Bull prioritized Checo and not Max, and they were giving points to Checo and not Max when these ten points that if they would have prioritized Max, Max could have won the race. And you, I, I feel like Max is like. For as competitive and as of a serious guy he is, is probably just like, shut up. Either he either believes that and doesn't want it to go out because I could see that, or he's just like, you know what? That was a stupid thing to say. We need to stop listening to Josh Verstappen. Just the dude sucks and just move on. I'm I'm ready to I'm ready for a if it ever happens and you know we're getting to people. I know okay, and I know his here, comments like, might have been taken out of context because he wrote them on his own website and like the sky it's, sports it's the Dutch translation, or you know, whatever. Clearly. Who cares? The fact that he's even like the fact that he's even putting stuff out there that could be construed as that is just it. No, but, I had like 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 ca- very very casual F1 fan like friends that are just now starting to like watch races and kind of get into it. Again, the guy who has exclusively yeah. referred to Max as the fraud, exclusively for the entire season, like, and then he texted me on like Tuesday or Monday and was like, "Wait, I just saw that fraud's dad said that they should have given him like given him the race." Like he's yeah. he's adding fuel to the fire, and like no. I I think there's a part of Max like internally that is like, "Yo, I didn't." I didn't er, like earn a race win. It wasn't necessarily my fault. Like it, you know, there's mm-hmm. a crash in Q3, but yeah. that's Monaco. That's the way it goes. I didn't. I didn't win the race. Like that happens. They shouldn't give it to me. Just you know. Yeah. I I think that Max for you know as much as we love making fun of him, like I still think he's 
has has a good understanding of like you know competitive nature of this sport and how things work for sure and i would love to see a day if it comes down to it again i don't want to speak on people you know people's personal family matters but if yas continues to make comments like that where verstappen kind of puts his foot down and and you know gives him the aaron Rodgers treatment yeah 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 the patrick reed treatment yeah um (laughs) a little deeper cut there but uh if, if you know you know all right, so we are on a roll here. We've got Yas Verstappen as a wanker of the week. Uh, he was my we'll wanker of the week uh, as well, for the record. Just, wow. This dude, is the, the, the whole tinfoil hat comments about how Checo crashed in Q3 on purpose, and, and um, I don't know, just the, the last thing, I hate the LeVar ball types, RG3's dad. I hate these, like, helicopter superstar athlete parents i mean what what what's next uh the yas the boss t-shirts and hats coming out next week like that's we don't need that 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 stuff no i agree and on and on the same day where it came out that you know that clay travis got kicked out of a a little league game <laughs> his son's <laughs> little league game for arguing with the ump like just what a what a day for for just terrible, terrible sports dads. Father's, Father's Day is coming up. Yeah, Yas the boss. I'm sure we'll be getting a, a nice gift, not from a couple of his ex girlfriends. You know, I, I will say he he was only he was only arrested, which is essentially being like like being charged with um, attempted murder on his ex girlfriend um, for hitting her with a car. He was not convicted of that. He's only been convicted for for lesser charges um, relating to domestic violence. And that woman that he hit with the car. Uh, I believe they ended up getting married. They got back together and got oh. married in 2017, uh, as far as as far as I know. So, and I think divorced again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't go that far in the timeline, but but they yeah, as of 2017 at least they 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 got back together. So we've spent a lot of time talking about Jasper Stappen here. Um, so Johnny, that was your your wanker as well. Um, Ooh. Ooh, Ferrari yes. already has been mentioned. Uh, so that leaves my three being. Basically, I could make an argument for the FIA, Nicholas Latifi, or Mick Schumacher. I don't want to give it to Mick because, again, he's the least experienced of any of these people. And it was the same thing when we were talking about him versus Magnuson underperforming a couple of weeks ago. It's like we we kind of expect these struggles from Mick. You know, it was more disappointing for Magnuson for him to have a similar performance. And it's the same with, you know, Latifi. D- the dude is running out of excuses. Like, whether it's crashing, like not finishing, then finally finishing, and then now ignoring blue flags and holding up a potential race winner, um, Nicholas Latifi just cannot seem to get out of his out of his own way here. Um, but I'm I'm still going to give it to the FIA because I think their their lack of communication and coupled with their poor decision making is becoming a real real issue and a stain on the sport. There are rumors that like Formula One itself is starting to it wants to separate themselves from the FIA because everyone is crapping all over the FIA thinking that like they are like linked in with formula one when technically they're kind of like separate entities Yeah, and it's becoming bad PR for everyone involved. Um, so the, the delayed race start, we again, just tell us what's going on. Tell us what's going on. And then I don't know if you guys saw how that, uh, that Ferrari protest of the pit lane incident was resolved. No, no, I hadn't even heard of it till you. So, till you so the the race director's notes for the race this year, you know, race director puts out notes before the weekend, and it said that a driver has to stay 
to the right of that yellow line. To the right of that yellow line means not on the line. You are to the right of the line. The overall notes for the FIA regulations state that you can't cross a pit lane line. So there are discrepancies between the race director's notes and the overall thing. They came out, and for the life of me, I cannot understand why you would ever admit this publicly. They said that the notes, though that section of the notes about, about the, the, the yellow line were, quote, cut and paste from last year's notes. And that's why there was this discrepancy, that they had copied and pasted sections of the notes and then the new race director put in a rule that contradicted that and it's not until uh, it gets violated mid-race that we e- that they even have to address it and boy i would never tell people that if that was the reason for this confusion but they certainly did and i'm just i'm just kind of fed up with that i would have gone with ferrari as my number one but we'd already we'd already talked plenty about that so i'm giving it i'm giving it to the faa i think they need to just get their ish together well said. Yeah, no, that <clears throat> for sure. Like, um, all we want is transparency, and um, for them to like give us that on certain subject matters and and not others is very weird, for sure. Yeah. Oh, and also uh, one other FIA note I had. We've talked about the race start being delayed, all of that. We've talked about the the incident with the the yellow line. Another interesting point. I thought a lot of people thought it probably should have been a standing start after the red flag after mixed crash. Yeah. It's it, 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 it could have been a cl- like a classic in Monaco. If they had started the race 20 minutes earlier. And again, if the lights weren't working, just tell us that. And I won't, I'll, I'll stop about it, but it could have been a classic. If we started the race 20 minutes earlier, got even more drama with the tires and everything. And then, you know, mix still crashes in this fantasy world. And then they get a standing start to, to shuffle things up again there when there's probably still, you know, maybe a pit stop left before the end of it. Yeah. I mean, that's it, it could have been a classic in Monaco and it was kind of taken from us. And now we're all like, well, it was better than usual, but it could have it could have been a great, in my opinion. So that completes Curdy's TED talk on the FIA and how they need to get their ish together. Any other points from the race we want to get into? Nah, brother. I'm happy Monaco only comes once a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That uh that seems hard. Would Ian, you kind of touched on this earlier, but would would we be how, what would our feelings be if it doesn't come back for next year? If they announce this at the you know, near the end of the season, they announced that Monaco will not be returning to the track. Just kind of, you know, overall, overall thoughts. What what are your emotions in that moment? And then what are your emotions like once it's settled down a little bit? I feel like it's kind of um like when they took the, for our American listeners, it's like when they took the DH out of the National League in baseball, where it's kind, I'm of, been so very upset about that. It's kind of been around for a long time um, and kind of like, well, we probably shouldn't do this. And then they went ahead and did. And actually, it's kind of been more smoother than what we thought. So I think my thoughts on Monaco is as of June 1st, 2022, I'm like, no, can't remove it. I like it. It's historic. I don't care if the race sucks. Like we'll keep it here. They decide to take it away next year, year after year after that. I think I'd be okay with it. It just, if you're going to, you have to, but I think the thing with Monaco is if you take it away, you need to give me something like, give me a good race. Give me Vegas. It's going to be Vegas. 
Yeah. Yeah. Vegas not, Vegas has Monaco aspects. Like, hopefully like, Monaco a better track. Miami, like, ugh, gross. But yeah. Maybe, maybe. No, 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 no. But Vegas will be better. Well, yeah. hopefully. It can't be, it can't be worse, a worse race track for, you know, overtakes and for modern Formula One cars. It just, it, yeah. it, it's very doubtful that, that that would be the case. Exactly. I'm kind of with you, with you guys. Like, in terms of the racing, like the sport isn't going to miss a beat without Monaco, but it's it's the pageantry. It's yeah, it's, it's the, the history. It's the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's I, I'd be okay if if they, you know, my first thought was like if it if it's on part of like a rotating schedule, where we get Monaco every other year. You know, like like a winter still, classic, and, and, and it almost feel more special in that way. And that it's like you know, it's this event. My worry with that idea is that if we only get it once every two years people actually start to hate it more because we're all just kind of used to it now but if it yeah. like kind of comes out of nowhere and ruins this flow of like actual racetracks i think that might lead to it like an, to be, an actual death monaco should be the kickoff race because it needs to be the oh, yes that. <laughs> it should be the last it should be like the pro bowl like uh like not like a not for points like uh you know oh, just get the I hate top. that too there's yeah. no good there's answer no to this good solution monaco, yeah. monaco needs to be the kickoff because at that point you're just so happy for the ones back you don't really care if the race is bad it's a huge event it generates a you get all the celebrities there people love going to monaco like make it the make it to kick off the season and then after that It'll make every race seem way more exciting. So that's why I'm for Monaco to start the season. Yeah, hear me out. Maybe we just make Monaco like a like two day like sprint race event, like in between other races, like in between France and another European country that's not too far. Like that's the best I can come up with. Like, don't have it count for full points. Don't waste too many people's time. Like. Just, just give us qualifying, and then give us a a third distance race, you know, for half points or something. And just we still get Monaco and all the the pageantry and everything, but without all of the you know the the, the tracks just not suited. Like I'm a Monaco defender usually, but if this is like as good as it gets at Monaco, I just I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not very excited about that that moving forward, especially with so many exciting, exciting tracks. Like if it comes down to it, like the other tracks that are being rumored to be on the chopping block of like Silverstone spa, like it's losing. It's if one of them has to go, it's losing that battle 10 times out of 10 for me. Yeah. There's no questions asked. And I guess that's what it, that's what it comes down to for me. Is that it? It it when you could if one of them's got to go compared to other historic tracks, I just I don't know. I'd be fine with putting it on one, make it one of the the rotating um, rotating races for the year. Is kind of where I'm where I'm at on that. But moving on from Monaco, we head into the next race, June weekend of June twelfth at uh, Baku, Azerbaijan. We move in with Red Bull having a thirty six point lead over Ferrari who has a 65-point lead over Mercedes, and nobody else is worth talking about. Max leads Charles Leclerc by 9 points. Max leads Sergio Perez by 15 points. George Russell, 4th place, just ahead of Carlos Sainz. Into Baku, 
where we got all of the drama last year. And I do mean all of the drama. Max's tire blowout, I believe Pirelli were the wankers of the week. Um, from at least Johnny, if not multiple people after uh, Baku. And then the infamous restart where Lewis Hamilton had his steering wheel set in the wrong mode and uh, skidded off the out of the first turn. Straight uh, into the ran, gravel, ran baby. Into it. That, was, yeah, that, was and, so, uh, that, was, that was so great. We had Gasly battling Vettel, I believe, there in the last couple laps, like for a podium spot. And Sergio Perez got his, I believe, his second victory in uh, in Formula One. So Baku, I'm a I'm a big fan of that track. I don't know how you guys feel. I I it's it's I like probably my favorite street circuit. It's 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 yeah, it's fun. I like it. The castle they have is really really cool. Yeah, the scenery the scenery is definitely up there with uh, with some of the best. Uh, I apologize if I'm could be way off base here, but I'm pretty sure the human rights element's not great. Um, we spoke a lot about that last year, and I spoke a lot about this when I had Josh Neighbors on. Um, yeah, no, Azerbaijan terrible in terms of like imprisoning journalists. So that kind of makes me feel terrible for me. That kind of makes me feel a little ooh, ick about the race, but from the one perspective, no, nothing else. I, I like Baku. I like shout out the uh Saudi Golf League for uh, you know, announcing their uh, their field, their field for the their stuff this week and kind of take some of the heat off of uh. Off the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Yeah, they're just, DJ, they're just man. blatantly giving $125 million of blood money to Dustin Johnson to, to come and play their events. Doesn't matter if he wins or not. So that's awesome. And also uh, Taylor Gooch. Shout out to Gooch. Um, incredible, incredible name. We had, uh, yeah, Gooch and then Matt Dick Kuchar, Fowler. Uh, the, yeah. He, uh, Ricky Fowler, not on the list. Yeah. Actually. He's been he's been playing very well uh, coming coming up in Formula One. So yeah, Saudis blood blood money. We're just kind of used to this in Formula One. You know, I've just kind of. I guess we shouldn't stop talking about it, but uh, but I have. Yeah, Azerbaijan, uh, terrible terrible record um, for human rights, and uh, an especially terrible record on um, treatment to uh, journalists. I believe they were like number one or number two in the world um, in terms of those atrocities. So they took Portimao. Portugal off the schedule. One of the, I think ranked one of the most um, peaceful countries in the world, um, and you know we've got Monaco and in Baku. And, I yeah. don't know. Make it make sense, brother. Yeah, nobody. I mean, have you? Do you know what a dollar sign looks like, Johnny? I think that's <laughs> that's that's all you need to know. They added. They've been adding races. You know, the last few years, and they all seem to be in Qatar. Or Saudi Arabia, no, Abu Sing- Dhabi, Singapore. Are you kidding? Or Las Vegas or Miami? Las Vegas, <laughs> Las Vegas. Many have said it's the Saudi Arabia of the United States. <laughs> I have no basis for that statement, but I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with it anyway. Um, last thoughts. I just you know, shout out. Let, let's. I just I wish I had some sad music to to chime in here. Maybe I'll edit it in. I just wanted to give Sergio Perez his due. Has anybody had a a a come up, a glow up, if you will, at age twenty nine plus, like Sergio Perez in Formula One, especially where like you know the young talents are groomed from a young age and come up through the academies. This man didn't have a drive. He was After rotting that, away. The dude. Grand Prix. He won the Shakir Grand Prix. He went twentieth to first and was gonna didn't have a drive. 
And Red Bull gave him a shot, and now here he is, 15 points back. Just won the Monaco Grand Prix, outside of the Mexican Grand Prix, you know, the, the one he'd want to win. Tears on the podium. I love that guy's passion. It's, yeah. oh my gosh, just this, incredible. This dude was rotting away at Racing Point, wearing that horrible pink racing suit. It wasn't very and, flattering for him. No. And, you know, yeah. Love, love seeing the, the Checo come up. This one's for you, Checo. We love you. Force India. Force India is in the past, brother. He'll never have to. 